Well, um, I just want to say this morning that it is, it is so good to see you here today. Um, if you are new or maybe you're a guest from out of town, uh, my name is Pastor Ethan and I'm one of the pastors, one of the elders here. Um, uh, it's, it's a little crazy today. It's chaotic. We're in a construction zone of a church building, uh, but you showed up. You showed up. And uh, man, I'm so encouraged and excited that you are here today. Um, we are... Um, we felt like it was important for us as a church to come together and to worship today, even in the midst of the chaos, um, that what we need in this moment, uh, really, really more than relief in this moment, we need spiritual relief for our souls to be able to step into a space. And some of you have lost everything and some of you have poured out everything this week. And so this moment and this morning is an opportunity for you to just to be able to sit and to to press in and to be able to have the Lord minister uh, to you, because he's the best minister of all. He's the best minister of all. Well, as you are aware, just a few days ago, a hurricane, a Category 4 hurricane, Hurricane Florence, came barreling through the Atlantic Ocean, headed directly towards North Carolina. And by God's grace, that hurricane downgraded from a 4 to a Category 1 before it made landfall on Friday morning, September 14th in Wrightsville Beach, just a few miles from where we are standing uh, this morning. I was up early that morning watching uh, the Weather Channel. My family had evacuated and we had uh, cable and internet and I was watching in the middle of the morning the north eye wall of the storm literally pass right by our church building where we are standing. Came in Wrightsville Beach and came right through Wilmington. Most many of your homes were in the center of that eye of the storm and literally the north side of the wall came barreling through right beside our church building in my neighborhood and many of your neighborhoods right here. Storm had historic uh, rainfall and flooding. Um, reports say that Elizabethtown and some other areas took just under 36 inches of rain from the storm in just a few hours. The death toll has continued to rise on a daily basis. Um, over 40 people now have lost their lives as a result of the storm. And the first casualties of the storm live just about a mile or so away from where we are sitting and standing right here um, today. Additionally, our church building was flooded last Sunday. It was supposed to be our four-year anniversary celebration as a church, and we had six to ten inches of water throughout the entire uh, building. The building was flooded, um, and we had to take out everything that was in the kids' area and the office area, and fortunately, um, it wasn't any worse than it was. And this is what we have been experiencing this past week. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the destruction, miracles have been springing up everywhere. Um, I, I, this, earlier this week, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, the soil is fertile for, mir for miracles. And uh, by God's grace, within 24 hours of the flooding, we had power on in our facility. When most of the city didn't have power, we were like an oasis of power in the middle of the city. In addition to that, we had a restoration company within 24 hours on site taking the water out and, and, and getting rid of everything. And the few Florence warriors, the people that were here um, at stayed, our members, um, showed up here that day on Sunday and just went uh, crazy taking carpet out and stuff. I want to show you actually a video. This is a video that my neighbor sent me. Um, 
just a few days after, um, after the storm, he was able to take a drone video of the area in which we are around. Do we have that, Bradley? So here it is. This is, the, this is a video uh, looking over. This is coming over Market Street. You can see the cemetery on the left-hand side, and then you can see Port City Java right there. And then you can see our, our building. And if you notice what used to be the little creek that was right there, about 10 or 12 feet wide, blossomed into basically an entire city block and covered. Uh, it was even before this video, it was even covering Market Street. Water was coming over Market Street, coming around Port City Java, and then coming um, up towards our building. And about six to 10 inches of water um, was in our uh, building. And in addition to... Um, into all uh, the damage. The elders and um, our CFO, Greg, our staff have been unbelievable in this moment and in this season. Um, our team has been fantastic, and we're putting together um, what is going to be a plan for the next few weeks. Most likely, we're going to have to relocate our worship gatherings for a few weeks. Our entire Bridge Kids area is just demolished. Um, the office area is, has been trashed. We're probably going to have to relocate for a few um, weeks. Um, we're also going to have to replace many of the things that were damaged. Um, we're anticipating upwards of about $175,000 worth of financial needs that we're going to incur over the next few um, months. But um, here's, here's, what, here's what's um, amazing. God has already begun to provide um, miraculously um, already. Um, I got a call. I got a call right um, right as the storm was was coming through, and um, Hillary called me and said, "Hey, there's an organization that's called Gain. Gain is an organization. And they're they're actually um, and they're 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 on the way to Wilmington. I'm like, are these people crazy? Don't they know that just a hurricane is right there, and they're they're on the way to the city? I'm like, I'm like, who the who the heck is Gain? I don't know who Gain is. Like, what what's the deal with Gain? And Gain is an organization that is an arm of Crew, a ministry that we partner with, they reached out to us, the first organization, and asked if they could come and be a part of what we were doing, and they've been here on the ground ever since. So, hey, if you're from Gain, could you stand to your feet real quick, and we just want to recognize you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have been amazing. Thank you so much. Um, as well, um, I mean, just, just I, I feel like there's a thousand things that I want to tell you, but organizations have been partnering with us and have been supporting us. The churches have been calling. I probably talked to 75 pastors this week. I'm just calling me off, off the hook. I'm just on the phone all day long, texting, emailing. I think I've got about uh, 34 unread text messages at the moment and a few missed calls and a bunch of emails. Um, it's been crazy. Um, we had a church... Um, I think it was like two days after the storm. I was sitting in Port City, Java. I didn't have internet at my house. Didn't have internet there. Um, and I was like, God, what are we going to do? Like, what are, what are we going to do? How, how in the world are we going we to do this? And I get a text from a pastor friend who said, um, hey, we, we believe in what you're doing, and we know that you're going to have significant need. And today we're wiring $20,000 to your account right now. And... So far, so far, I've heard that two churches, two Summit Network churches this Sunday, 
Um, I believe, uh, well, I don't want to say their names because I don't actually want to get the information wrong, um, but I believe from what I can gather to a Summit Network churches, their entire offering today, they're giving it to the bridge, um, giving it to us and to um, what we're doing, um, which is fantastic. As well, I believe that we have, um, I know that we have a few people uh, here from uh, partnering churches. Um, we have some people here from the Summit Church who've been here this weekend, as well as Mercy Hill Church, who are here today. Um, so thank you guys. You just don't know how much it means for you to love us and for you to be praying for us and for you to be um, with us in this uh, moment. And so God is working. God is doing uh, miracles. It's um, amazing what has happened. And, um, and I am um, so encouraged. And I just believe as God spoke in January of this year that praise is what's going to get us through 2018. Praise is what's going to get us through 2018. I actually forgot about that this week until one of our members, Nick DeMeo, texted me and he said, hey, by the way, praise is what's going to get us through 2018. And I had Honestly, I'd forgotten about that in the midst of the chaos, and that was like a breath of fresh air in that moment, being able to hear that and to be reminded of that. So if you would, um, join me in Isaiah chapter 58, and I'm going to be brief uh, today. Isaiah chapter 58, and we're going to look at this passage, and I've got a couple things that I want to say to hopefully encourage you. Um, kids are going to be running around. Kids are going to be um, doing their thing, which is fine. We'll get through it. We'll, we'll be okay. Um, but for a few minutes, I want to walk you through Isaiah chapter 58, verses 6 through 12, and then have a couple things for us, and then we will uh, be done. This is what um, the Word says. Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? How many of you have shared bread today with somebody in the city or in our area? And to bring the homeless poor into your house. How many of you brought somebody into your house this past week that didn't have shelter? And when you see the naked, to cover them, to clothe them, and to not hide yourself from your own flesh. Here's what I want you to know, church, and here's what I want you uh, to believe. This is our moment. This is our moment. Um, this is what God has designed the church to do. This isn't foreign to the church. Um, throughout literally centuries and centuries and centuries, it's in this moment where the church shines the greatest. It's in this moment where the church steps up to the plate and ready to answer the call of the city and what is happening around them. This is our moment. And here's what I believe. God has prepared us for this moment. God has prepared us for this moment. God has designed the church for crisis and chaos. I've actually seen this more than probably clearer this week than any other time in my life. I would remember uh, hearing sermons where uh, pastors would wax eloquent from the stage and they would say, the church is God's plan A for the world. And everybody's like, yeah, and I believed it, but I didn't know exactly kind of what that meant. Or, or man, uh, the church is the hope for the world because we've got the gospel and we're ready. And I didn't actually know exactly what that meant until this week. And this week, the church has stepped up to the plate, has stepped up to the front lines in our city, and just done amazing things in, in our city already. And here, here's, here's the reality. I had a, conversation, um, had a conversation with some pastors this past week. Um, it was amazing. We, we threw together a, a pastor's meeting with less than 24 hours and sent out some text messages and some things. About 50 pastors came together for a meeting 
some of the most well-known, recognized pastors in our city, and they came uh, together, and we talked and we prayed about what we could do as a church and what the church is already uh, doing. One of the pastors at the meeting who'd been, who's been here for a long time, he said, I've never been to a pastor's meeting like this in my entire life. We showed up that meeting and we talked about the church and talked about what God was, was doing. And here's, here's the reality. Immediately after the storm, the church was on the front lines of what was happening. Organizations like Gain were coming into the city. Convoy of Hope, Samaritan's Purse. Um, North Carolina Baptist. I mean, we could just go on. Literally dozens of organizations are flooding our city, Christian organizations, and we were the first ones to have resources that actually meet the needs of, of the church. I mean, sorry, meet the needs of the city. Um, I was in this meeting, and this was a, a phrase that just came up when we were in this meeting, and it's this. The church is the greatest mobilizing force in the world. The church is the greatest mobilizing force in the world. We were getting calls from government leaders that were saying, hey, the storm has just come through. People have evacuated. We're having a hard time getting volunteers. And the pastors were like, we got volunteers. We, we, got, we, got, tons, we got tons of people who are, are still here. What do you need? And they're like, we just need people in, in the city. And immediately, literally, in just a matter of a few minutes, we had the ability to mobilize people into all sorts of different places in the city to be able to meet the needs that were, that were here. One pastor, he said, who was here right after the storm, he said, if, if the church wasn't here, our city would be turned upside down right now. I mean, I'm serious. Thousands upon thousands of meals provided by Christian organizations and churches. And Christians that are all over the city helping and moving and doing things. It's incredible. Distribution sites that have been set up all over the city. Our church had a hand in setting up six sub-sites that are distribution sites in the downtown and surrounding areas for people that needed resources. It's unbelievable. The church is the greatest mobilizing force in the, the world. It is amazing. And then we read this, Isaiah 58 verse 8 goes on and says this, Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness, and your gloom be as the noonday. Turn to your neighbor and say, then. It's, it's actually an incredibly important word. This entire statement, this entire passage is a causational passage. What I mean by that is if this happens, then this happens. If this happens, then this will happen. Uh, here's, what, here's what God's saying. If my people will do what I've called them to do. God's saying, if my people will do what I have commanded them to do, what I've called them to do, what I've commissioned to do, if they do that, then here's the promise. Here's the reward. Here's what I'm going to do. Which means we do our part and then God does the rest. We just take whatever we have, a few loaves and a few fish, and we give it to God, and we say, here's what I've got, God, and then God shows up, and he supplies the rest. If, then, if, then, and he says that if you do what I've called you to do, then I'm going to show up and do my part and what only I can do. Here's what that means. 
God pours out blessings to those who pour out blessings to others. You could almost say it like this. The blessing is in the blessing. The blessing is in the blessing of others. And when we bless others, that's when God pours out His blessing to us. If then. And then He says this in verse 11. And these, this is for those of you who are completely devastated today. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Here's the reality. Some of you are here today. Some of you are going to be listening and watching in the days ahead. Some of you are, are hurting significantly today. Some of you have gone without a paycheck for a couple weeks. Some of you lost your home. Some of you lost someone that was close to you. You've experienced death and destruction and loss. Some of you today, you feel lost. Here's God's promise for you today. He will guide you continually. You feel lost. God promises you today that He will guide you continually. Some of you feel dry. Some of you feel like your life is scorched. It's dry. Like it's, it's been a fire and you're completely dry. And here's what the Lord says. He will satisfy your desire in scorched places. He will satisfy you today. Some of you feel weak. You're just, you're just so weak. You don't know that you can do anything today. You don't know that you've got the energy to do anything more. You're completely at the end. And here's your promise today. God will make your bones strong. He'll make your bones strong. And I want you to know today that if you're hurting, um, I want you to know that we're hurting with you. And that the Lord is hurting with you. God is hurting with you today. He knows your situation. God feels your pain. We serve a God who isn't absent and distant from the pain, but who is rather present with you in your pain. He feels it. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says it this way. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near today in this moment to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you're in a moment and if you're in a time, if you're in a season of need right now, God is for you today. And He hurts with you and He feels with you. And in Christ, that you have everything that you need for joy today. This is the Gospel. This is the beauty of the Gospel that Jesus has taken your pain. Jesus has taken your hurt. Jesus has taken your sin. He's taken your shame. He came here for that purpose. He came here to take it on Himself and to go to a cross that had your name on it and to take on your pain and your past and your problems and your shame. He took it on Himself to be able to bear that for you, which means regardless of the situation that I find myself in, in Jesus, in Him, I have everything that I need for joy today because of the gospel. 
And if your house is taken away, if your job is taken away, if your car caught on fire, as one of our members did this past week, if it's taken away from you, still in this moment, you've got everything that you need for joy today. In Christ, you have it in Him today. So you press into that today. You can look to Him. Maybe you've been looking at other things, and this is a moment, this is a reminder to be able to look to Him, to see Him as your all-satisfying desire in Him. You see, the church, I said earlier, is the greatest mobilizing force in the world. I'll say this about the gospel. The gospel is the greatest stabilizing force in the world. The gospel is the only anchor that you can have in this moment. The gospel is the only thing that's going to give you stability in this moment when the waves of life and the waves of destruction come rushing into your life. It's the gospel. And there's a promise that God will guide you The text says He will guide you. It doesn't say He might guide you. It says that He will guide you in this moment, that He will satisfy you, and that He will strengthen you. And then He says He's going to make you like a watered garden. Um, I had this thought this past week. Um, What if God is planting something in the garden of your life right now? What if... God is planting something in the garden of your life right now. Soil. You know, the, the thing about a garden is, if you've ever had a garden, um, the beginning process is pretty painful. You have to rip away the weeds. You have to rip away the things that are in the way. Then you have to dig. You have to dig into the soil. You've got to press it. And then you've got to take the seed, and you've got to put it under the ground. And then no one sees the seed. You don't see the seed for days. No one see, it's been planted, it's in the soil, there isn't any fruit, there isn't any, anything that is from that seed. And then later, a few days later, a few weeks later, things begin to sprout out of the ground. Begin to sprout out of the ground, a stalk of life begins to come out of that same soil in which the seed was planted in. And then you give it a few weeks later and then fruit starts to form on that stalk. What if God is planting something in the garden of your life right now? that is going to bear fruit that you don't have the ability to see. He's at work. He's he's planting right now. And then verse 12, this is the end. It says this. And this is my favorite verse. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. Anybody seen anything that looked ruined this past week as you were driving around the city? Did you see anything that looked like it was messed up? Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. You, God's looking at you and he says, you will be called the repairer of the breach. The breach means there's a hole somewhere. And you're going to repair it and the restorer of streets to dwell in. Here's God's mission for the world. You want to know God's mission for the world? It's you. It's you. You are to rebuild the ruins. You are to raise up the next generation. You are to repair the brokenness. You are to restore the streets. That's our mission. That's our mission and that's our mandate. And we're going to do the best that we can over the next few weeks or the next few months. Pastors who've been this, through this before, leaders who've been through this before have told me that this is going to be a 12 to 18 month process of rebuilding. And that's going to be our mission. That's what we're going to do. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're going to bring hope into a hopeless situation, light into a dark situation. 
We're going to rebuild what has been ruined. And the streets that are in our city will be restored because of us, because of the gospel. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray. Um, I'm going to ask a couple of our members who've been here since day one to join me. Robbie, if you would join me. Craig, if you would join me as well. I just want us to pray. Uh, do you have the, the mic, Hillary, or where's... Um, and what I want to do is I want us to pray um, over our city. I'm going to ask Robbie to pray first, and then I'm going to ask Craig to pray. Gentlemen, if you would uh, just join me. Um, why don't we stand together? Why don't we stand together and why don't you grab the hand of your neighbor that is beside you? Um, grab your neighbor's hand and uh, we're going to pray. Um, we're going to pray and believe that uh, God's up to something. He's up to something. He's doing something. And sometimes it doesn't look like that in our city, and sometimes it doesn't look like that in our lives, but God is up to something, and he's doing something significant in our city. What if our city needed to be washed, and God sent a storm to do that? What if our city needed to be changed? What if our city needed to be renewed? What if the pain and the brokenness and the division that is in our city needed to be wiped away? And God's using this to do it. What if he was doing that? He's moving. He's up to something. And so we're going we're gonna to pray. So Robbie, if you'd lead us, and then Craig, you'll close us out. Just want to, um, thinking about what you were talking about, Ethan, just share something my wife wrote this past week and, and encourage you all to, to look for what God has you in this with your neighbors, with your coworkers. I'm just going to read it real quick. She said, can I give you all a huge shout out to Jesus? Not sure if many of you know, we truly felt a huge disappointment moving into our neighborhood two and a half years ago. Neighbors were not responsible, responsive to the gospel. We tried to reach the trailer park, and Lance and Robbie had a gun pulled on them. Uh, we work hard to show the gospel at school. So in this hurricane, guess what? My neighbors and the teachers and the school social worker joined me in reaching the trailer park. And because of this devastation, they are open. This is like a three-in-one for us. We cry bitterly for the Lord to open up the way for us to show the gospel. We've had nothing but closed doors. Now we have three fully open. Amen. I'm in awe of him. He's always working. Amen. Amen. Father God, uh, oh, we just, God, as, as I often pray to you, apart from you, we can do nothing. And so we come to you now um, acknowledging that it's only through you. Yes. Um, that we can even be that plan A. Yes, Father, God. We're, uh, we're coming in here today and we're tired and uh, we're weak. And God, I know that uh, you desire for us to, to bring our weakness to you so that you can be strong in us yes, and through God. us. And so we submit it to you, God. We, we take a position of posture, a posture of, of surrender to you right now. And we ask you to have your will and your way in our lives, God. We recognize through this time that our lives are but a vapor. They're here today and gone tomorrow, and um, the things that we have can easily disappear. And it's hard, God. It's really hard. Um, God, we, we are here as your ambassadors, but we yes. al also look forward to a day when we'll be in your presence with no more of this Amen. pain, Father. Amen. But until that day, you got a mission for us, Father, and so we step into it with boldness, and we ask you to supply our every need according to your riches, Father. We need your riches to be poured out upon us. We need your strength, 
God, we need you to just step in and do what only you can do, God. Open our mouths today. Let us speak the truth that comes from you, God. Give us strength down to our inner parts, Father, to work for you, yes, God. God. Let, us, let other people see your kingdom moving in this town, God. Amen. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Father, we bless you. As crazy as it seems, we thank you for this hard time. Yes. This light and momentary affliction that we celebrate your presence, your power. Yes, Lord. That is all we want to focus on. That you're working. It truly is not about us. Help us daily to lay our lives down and surrender to you to how you want to guide us and use us to reach the lost people, yes. people that have never experienced your love and your mercy yes, and your grace that you so lavishly have poured out on us that we can be vessels and go and wash and serve and love others. Yes, we ask this. In your son's name, Yeshua, our coming king. Amen. 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 Amen.